Have you ever longed to escape reality or fantasized about stepping into someone else's shoes, even for just a little while? Hi, I'm Laura Mullen. And I'm Chris Hawley. We host CBC's Play Me, the immersive podcast that transforms theater into addictive audio fiction. Join us for a new season and disappear into a world rich with drama, where every show delivers hypnotizing stories and unveils intriguing characters with secrets. Play me wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Listen, it's the end of the week and so much has happened. Universal pulled all its artists off TikTok. The beef between Nicki Minaj and Megan Thee Stallion somehow got uglier. Today on the podcast, the group chat is here. There's a lot to talk about. Let's go. I'm Alameen Abdul-Mahmoud. This is Commotion. What a week it has been. Joining me around the commotion table, we got culture writers Sarah Ty Black, Nico Stratus, and Justin Curto. Sarah Ty, Nico, and Justin, welcome to the show. How's everybody feeling? Thank you for being here. Hi. 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 Feeling good. Listen, well, you're feeling good now, but it might get worse. I don't know. I feel like the vibes this (laughs) week, very chaotic. I want to get into all those vibes, but maybe let's set the mood with this. That is a bit of murder on the dance floor, Sophie Ellis Bexter. It is, let's say, a memorable part of Saltburn, a, a definitive scene, let's call it. A naked dance to remember. Thank you for your service, Barry Keoghan. Uh, we're going to talk about that in a moment. People have been recreating the scene on TikTok a lot, so much so that this song, which is like more than 20 years old, is now sitting at number five on the TikTok Billboard Top 50. But as of this week, it's one of the many, many songs of artists signed to Universal Music that are no longer available on TikTok. And it's all because of a fight over licensing rights. Justin, I'm going to start with you on this one. Universal is the biggest music label in the world. We're talking Taylor Swift. We're talking Drake. We're talking Ariana Grande. We're talking The Weeknd. I could keep going on and on. Can you tell us what's changed on TikTok now that this has happened? And also why Universal pulled their music from the app? Yeah. So as of right now, if you go on TikTok, you're trying to make a Swift talk video. You yes. cannot put a Taylor Swift song in there. But not only will the app not let you do that, it's taken all these old TikToks and that may have been set to music by universal artists. Yeah. And now those don't have any music either. That's made a lot of stands and TikTokers very confused and mad. And this is happening because Universal a few days ago made this statement that was talking about its ongoing negotiations over licensing music to TikTok and pretty much said that TikTok wasn't willing to concede on three key issues, those being payment for um, using universal music on TikTok. That's the big one. And then AI protections, which TikTok has some, but universal doesn't feel comfortable with the level of that. Mm -hmm. And then safety on TikTok. And that's both in terms of artist safety and in terms of 
music that might just be near unsafe content on TikTok. Uh, Sarah, I have to say, you know, if I hypothetically made a a, a thirst strap TikTok to "Dangerous Woman" by Ariana Grande, now it just looks weird because there's no music there. So I, <laughs> I, my the feed is looking wild, is looking different. What have you noticed that is different on your TikTok feed? I've mostly noticed just like silent TikToks, which are just <laughs> a little bit annoying if you're ready to experience a sound to happen and, and doesn't definitely like a neurodivergent thing where i'm just like irritated that the thing i'm expecting doesn't happen it's a bit eerie um, honestly it looks a little bit like it's a bit like like an audio ghost land yeah, yeah like a little cemetery of dances um <laughs> it's been good for me otherwise all those artists you mentioned are like my personal nemeses so like <laughs> i'm i'm at peace um i've been having a lot of fun watching Lil nas x play with it because he's not with universal so he's been teasing and trolling as he does and you know i love my son so. <laughs> um I, I you have so many nemeses that's to, so incredible yeah, it's hard and they're all signed to the same label it's quite wild yeah. how that happens interesting uh nico how do you think this decision is going to change you know things for artists whose music was previously available on tiktok the people that we already mentioned up top but also everybody else because universal is the biggest label around I mean, it's going to be harder than ever for artists who put out singles that we used to DJ house parties 20 years ago. Like, it's going to be harder than ever for them to, like, have their little viral moments. Yeah. Uh, and it's also, like, you know, it needs to be said, too, that, like, this is Universal Music Group. Like, you, you know, we talk a lot about, like, Universal Music as, like, a singular label, but, like, UMG owns, like, so many labels, not yeah. just the big ones, but smaller ones. And, like, you know, the headlines are obviously going to be the bigger names, but this is also going to affect a lot of other smaller artists smaller labels you know they've got geffen they've got all these other yeah. imprints that are underneath the umg umbrella so you know it's going to have this like wide-reaching effect on a lot more people than i think we necessarily realize like a graveyard for dances is kind of perfect like sarah Ty said like <laughs> it is kind of this like barren wasteland now where it used to be so populated like we're in the silent tiktok era and eventually we're going to get back to talkies but like we're in this sort of holding <laughs> period where people argue about money like we are sl we are like the internet exists to teach children about capitalism and that's where we are right now <laughs> i mean i have to say like what we, the reason we played the Sophie Ellis Ellis Bexter song off the top, Justin, um, is that like "Murder on the mm -hmm. Dance Floor" is a song that is twenty years old, a little over twenty years old. Um, that a, a vehicle like TikTok is a perfect kind of environment for a song like that to come back into prominence. You see it in a movie that a lot of people saw, and then you go, "Okay, I'm going to you know start recreating this dance that I saw in this movie that is set to this song," and suddenly it has a new life. Suddenly it has an entirely new life that you maybe didn't anticipate. TikTok introduced us to the idea that the back catalog can suddenly come alive in ways that we didn't necessarily anticipate. So it feels a little bit shocking to me that Universal would, I understand they want to negotiate for their artists, but it feels a little bit shocking to me that it, they would negotiate so hard that they'd be willing to walk away from such a trove, um, such an ability to like revive old catalog, if that makes sense. Yeah, th this is the question because we have... In TikTok statement, they were they noted that they're walking away from free publicity pretty much. But something that Universal said and something that is kind of bears out if you look at the numbers yeah. is that revenue wise, TikTok makes up a little maybe under one percent of their revenues. And so they're yeah. not thinking about it as much about bringing back older songs, letting these things have their viral moments. They're just thinking about the bottom line and they're like, that's. 1% of our revenues, we can part with that for a bit.
if it helps in the negotiations. And, and take this this sort of stand. Justin, I got to mm-hmm. ask you, Universal has accused TikTok of bullying in this negotiation. TikTok has said, ah, Universal's trying to spread a bit of a false narrative here. Do you think they're going to figure this out, or do you think you're going to see other labels go, you know what, if Universal's doing it, we will follow suit as well? I'm expecting this to drag out a little bit. There was a new universal statement where they said TikTok's views around compensation are woefully outdated. So they're continuing to slig these things back and forth. And then also we have Warner has negotiated something with TikTok last year, but Sony Music, as far as we know, is still in negotiations with TikTok. And their chair has also said that he's looking at payment as a big issue. So I think this opens the door now for more labels to take this stand against TikTok. Nico, a lot of songs, um, a lot of hits are no longer, you know, officially available on TikTok. Uh, all of Saratai's nemeses are out, which is big, <laughs> big moment for Saratai. Uh, but do you think this maybe opens up an opportunity for smaller independent artists to get their big break? I have two brains that that think on this question you because so many one brains. is my sin. I have two. Well, I have just the two. I'm like a dinosaur. I have one in the head, one in the tail. <laughs> I think that, like, I want to, I want to believe that this is an opportunity for smaller artists, right? Because, yeah. like, the this song blew up on TikTok story is a thing we hear time and again. You know, Mother Mother had that happen. The Mountain Goats had that happen. Like, we've seen this happen. The Beaches, and, the like, Canadian Bandit, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, totally. Like, this is a thing that has happened. Now, the problem is, is a lot of people that are going and making videos, especially now, they are making videos based on this one percent of songs. It's no secret that the names we keep hearing are this the people that are largely the only ones making money on streaming services and elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So we are sort of like using this baseline. And like, if someone's like, oh, I want to put Taylor Swift in song they're not going to be like okay well let me go and dig through the archives and see what they've got down in this weird basement like they're kind of they're just going to figure out how to do like a deep fake of a taylor swift song most likely like i think it's going to be this interesting period of discovery and i do hope i like in my hope in my dream of dreams it's that yeah this is a boon for independent artists but it is also that thing of like paying playing for exposure like they're not wrong and that this isn't really good for artists in terms of compensation for their Mm work it's that idea of like, hey, we can play at a McDonald's, but don't worry, you'll get paid an exposure. Like at a certain point, they also have to be starting to get paid in money. But ultimately, like, <laughs> UMG yeah. is not coming from this honestly. Like they keep saying this is for the artists. This isn't for the artists. This is for CEOs to make more money off of this month, this, the songs they make money off of. But like it is going to be an interesting thing of like, will somebody else come in to fill that void? And, and I hope it does happen, but I'm not holding my breath. Uh, Sarah Ty, in terms of the reaction that we're seeing on TikTok to this kind of thing, I, I think it's we're, it's still early. It's been a day or so, right, since all these songs have been pulled off TikTok. Uh, so we're still in the joking about it kind of environment. People are making sort of, you know, silly TikToks that are like, hey, this is what my TikTok would normally, normally sound like, but instead I have to use this very random piece of music that is not at all catchy or not at all interesting in any kind of way. As this goes on, though, do you think people start to use the platform less because it takes away from, like, what you expect the user experience to be um, on that platform, especially if literally any other label end up following suit with Universal? No, I think the kids will figure it out. They're smart. I mean, every generation has their own way of getting around the law in terms of music (laughs) and media and consuming it in whatever form we are be it, you know, the Napster generation or the TikTok generation. Yeah. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of embedding of more like remixes and mashups and like phone uploads, which I personally enjoy. Um, but no, I don't I don't think it's that giant of a blow. I think it's a workaround. There'll be workarounds. 
Uh, Justin, last word to you on this. Do you think we're in for a protracted kind of conversation between these two, or do you think it'll end relatively quickly? I I don't see a way that it ends right now anytime soon, mm. barring like some wild outcome on TikTok in the next week or so. So I, I'm expecting this to take a while. That makes me sad because I was going to make more Taylor Swift TikToks, but it's fine. I suppose I will wait. Blocked. <laughs> you don't even follow me. Call that on that. It's fine. Okay, we got to move on. Let's go to a different kind of musical feud. Don't be mad at Megan. Don't be mad at Megan's law. I don't really know what the problem is, but I guarantee y'all want me start. You never finna check me. Every chance you get, bitch, I weak want to dress me. Come on. That's his. That's a bit of hiss by Megan Thee Stallion. It's a diss track that dropped this week. It is a diss track to everybody. It is not explicitly addressed towards one person. Megan Thee Stallion said, you know what? All of y'all could get it. There is a line in there, though, that people are interpreting as Megan taking a shot in, at Nicki Minaj. Sarah Ty, would you please do us the honor of explaining how did we get here? Would love to. I myself had to do a deep dive because I've been ignoring Nicki Minaj for the past five to ten years. Um, as someone who really was excited for Nicki when she came out, it's wild to see how far she's fallen. Oh, um, no. Things have been a little testy between Meg and Nicki ever since Megan and Cardi B collaborated on the subtle artistry that is WAP. Uh, for those who don't remember, Cardi B famously threw her shoe at Nicki Minaj at one of the Met Galas several years ago. Yes. And uh, here we are at this beautiful dish track that arrived like a little belated Christmas gift under our little wrap trees. Um, for people who, unlike myself, don't watch Law & Order SVU every single day since the 90s, uh, Megan's Law is essentially a law that allows the public to keep track of registered sex offenders. And mind you, this could apply to so many people. It could apply to so many people who <laughs> are in this industry full of predators, so many people who are part of the smear campaign against Megan when she was shot by unnotable Canadian Tony Tor lanes mm -hmm. uh we've got ambiguous shout outs to drake i can't say which allegedly um but things have really escalated nikki is giving uh nurse she's out uh nikki does not <laughs> like to be insulted <laughs> um and the fact that even she assumed this was about her is a bit of a read itself uh for those who also who aren't caught up on Nicki minaj surrounding herself with sexual predators uh and i can say that on cbc radio without saying allegedly because they've both been tried and convicted for sexual assault you're talking, minors. About, you're talking about her husband, her husband yeah. and her brother who uh repeatedly sexually assaulted his 11 year old stepdaughter who she then put up bail for and uh yeah. wrote a letter to the judge for leniency just cool stuff cool stuff cool stuff um yeah immediately felt this shot deep in her little barb heart that, that's a, right so the reference is uh megan makes the reference to megan's law and then nikki is like oh this is clearly about me which you're right like that is one way to tell on yourself nikki uh hit back at megan a few days later with this this little begging hoe, talking about Megan's law. For a free beat, you can hit Megan raw. If you a ghost, by a party in Megan jaw. Shot down, but I still ain't let Megan Bad she like six foot. I call her Bigfoot. The beat fell off. I said, get up on your good foot. Uh, still ain't top red movie. Trying to steal a source. I said, get up on my good uh, That song is called Bigfoot. Uh, it is, uh, how do you say? It's a no from me. Sarah Ty, one of these, one of these <laughs> things is not like the others. Yes, Megan may have thrown the first punch, I guess, but Nikki gets really personal and hits, I think, below the belt here. 
I we've, we've had a long and storied history of diss tracks that usually there anything goes. But even with that in mind, a lot of the reaction has been going, Nikki, no. What do you make of these two diss tracks against each other? Mm-hmm. Well, I think Megan's track also was like a long time coming. Like she really held it close to the chest until it seems like she got pushed too far and was like, hiss. Sure. Um, but with Nikki, it's, uh, I'm glad she released it. I'm glad we're having this moment as someone who long wanted uh, justice for Lil' Kim and the Lil' Kim Nicki Minaj feud that happened way back when. Yes. Um, as you heard in that little bit of a sample, we hear foot rhymed about three times. We hear a lot of rehashing of tweets that she's already tweeted. It sounds very much like written by chat GBT. Um, I think the number one thing is that there's like just a lack of cleverness and it's not even mean in a good way to be mean. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there, She's mentioning like, if you have to gauge an insult with the introduction of you have three Grammys, like it's already not an insult. If you have to insult her height and she calls herself Megan the Stallion, that's already not an insult. And like, mind you, Megan is like size nine shoe. I believe the internet has told me in the past couple of days, which sure. is the average size for women, but Nikki's like big foot, big foot. <laughs> it's just, it's insecure. It's yeah. jealous. It's clearly someone who feels very uh, vulnerable at this time. I, for those who haven't caught up on Azalea Banks's uh, comments mm. on the developing story, uh, I think, yeah, Nikki definitely has a bit of a stank to her, uh, which Azalea described as spit, hot sauce, and earring bags. Um, but I'm going to say figuratively, she does have a bit of a stank to her, and this song kind of just cements that. Thank you, you know. for thank you for being our Azalea Banks correspondent on top of everything else. Uh, <laughs> My dream, <laughs> Nico. It, we have to say it's been a while since we had a public feud like this one. What do you make of this moment? Like, why do you think this is happening right now? Because we needed something good in this world, and this is what this is this is what we got. <laughs> I prayed for this. <laughs> I, I did. Like, I'm glad that Sarah Ty mentioned this because I've been thinking this too. It's just like I'm. I was like honestly so happy to have like a rap beef back because yeah. it was just like, oh, we're back. We're like the the music we're industry so is course corrected, and we're yeah. back to when it was good when people would just like publicly fight each other via song, which is like. That's how this is how everybody should fight all the time. You know, if you have an argument with somebody, yeah. don't bring it to their face and have a conversation. Write a scathing, you know, hit single. And, and then we and, get to assess whether it's good or not. That's like, yeah, that's and like, then that's let us go on the radio and talk about your fight. Like, <laughs> it, is, it, is an, it is so interesting to watch it play out. It is such a bad time for there not to be a lot of culture journalists because I think a lot of people yes. do need some of the context behind it. And yeah. like, it's harder than ever to find because most of the culture journalists that would have covered this, who are mostly people of color, have all been fired from the outlets they work for. So, you know, yeah. it's harder than ever for people to like get good context about it. But it's also just like a really kind of fun time in the music industry where I don't have to read the same headlines about the same people over and over and over again. Justin, I'm going to put you in the difficult spot of saying who you feel is coming out on top here and why. It's it's not difficult at all. I think <laughs> it's, <laughs> okay. it's overwhelmingly Megan the Stallion. Anybody on the internet will tell you that. There are, from what I've seen, Nicki Minaj stands who will tell you that. And I, I think it's I think it's especially telling that Nicki is still stewing on this days later talking about it and we have megan you know going on good morning america announcing a tour talking yeah. about her new album it, it felt to me like that that mad men meme the like i don't think about you at all that, that's where <laughs> megan is right now 
<laughs> that's thank you. That's a very beautiful way to put it. Be like, no, no, no. It's not even close as a competition. It's actually been over for a minute. We've got one more thing to talk about. Something that you know might put us all in our feelings just a little bit. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Nico, uh, you have the pleasure of explaining to the world today why we're talking about Elmo this week. Such a wild follow-up from Plan This <laughs> to Plan That. I feel great. I feel good about it. Like, if you're making a mixtape right now, some of you would be like, wait, what just happened? Did I, did... <laughs> wait, describing this, yeah, describing this story feels like I'm like telling you about a TV show I thought I saw that turns out it's a dream. Like, it just is like so weird. So. Yes. The social media manager that runs the Sesame Street social media accounts posted as Elmo basically saying, how's everybody feeling? Like a very nothing tweet. Just checking in. Uh, just just Elmo, checking in. Just Elmo being like, hey, how are you feeling? Just Elmo immediately, like, Nico, you have to undo the magic of it all. Elmo tweeted. I, I know, I know. Elmo tweeted. Should, the 3.5-year-old really, puppet mm-hmm. tweeted. Yes. I, I, I feel like they're the, like the Sesame Street characters are the one brand part of the internet that I'm always down for. Like whenever they pop up, I'm like, yeah, Oscar the Grouch, whatever you're in for, I'm on board. Let's go. Who are we fighting? You know? Uh, and so like us, like did a check in and like, and I feel like because Elmo is a very earnest character and everybody's forgiven Elmo for being fan, uh, mean to like Rocco or Rocky or whatever it was last year. <laughs> yeah. We've sort of got over the, El- the Rocco Elmo feud and people really sort of like, at first we're like treating it as a joke and then immediately we're like, Oh, therapy is expensive. What if I just do this instead? And so everybody uh, and unloaded. Larry David to choke Elmo out on live TV. <laughs> <laughs> no, every I mean everybody unloaded their feelings on Elmo. It was like Elmo's like, "How are you doing?" And everyone's like, "Thank you, Elmo, for checking in." It's been a hard life. We are all going through the darkness. None of this is a nice time. Uh, Sarah, I have to say. Elmo, first of all, the tweet earned this typical Twitter response. That's the side of Twitter that I, that I live on. But then things actually kind of took a turn for the earnest, right? Like, which is like not a word that you usually associate with Twitter ever. Why do you think this was the tweet that had this effect on people? And they were like, you know what? I will open up to a puppet on the internet. Why not? I mean, as Nico said, it very much is that therapy effect. Like, at first, we're like, shut up. And it's like, how do you really feel? And you get, finally, you get to the core, the sincerity, the earnest answer. It's like, oh, none of us are good. Um, For me, I really enjoyed kind of watching it spiral, spiral up. (laughs) spiral up into positivity uh as someone who's like kind of having an adulthood where i love to lavish you love that you love that you love that i love to lavish myself in things that i couldn't really have as a kid like a lot of hello kitty is around i'm playing animal crossing all day and i think a lot of people who don't really have uh, a predilection for collecting things or maybe seeking a return to like not only just earnest engagement and being earnestly asked how they're doing but that 
feeling that you could be vulnerable and open yeah something there's something about being a kid is so innocent and i think that the tweet is really tapping into that at least in its i evolved evolution i will i will first of all i will forever be carrying forward the phrase spiraling up you know like this is you, you've introduced this to my lexicon i'm just gonna carry it with me <laughs> for the as a therapy phrase that's why i was laughing. <laughs> <laughs> that's great justin is there anything that we should be taking away from this like should we be i don't know checking in on each other more has anyone checked on big bird is big bird doing okay what's your takeaway from the story <laughs> Big Bird's been going through his own Twitter adventure. I don't know if you've seen if Big Bird was shrunk and then I think finally got big again. It's, Big Bird it's been was a very... small. He needed to get built back up again. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I I love following the Sesame Street characters on Twitter. Yeah. I I follow even the count account where he just counts every day. It makes me happy. Maybe that's the takeaway. We got we got to get our feeds at, at a bit more childhood, a bit more levity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, I don't think I have enough of that in my life. Um, Nico, last word to you. What's your takeaway from all of this? I mean, I hope people remember how good it felt to be earnest with everybody for a little while because yeah. it was kind of sweet. Because people were like, kind of like, I'm going through it right now, and a lot of people were like, me too. Like, yeah. like being given that permission to be earnest because Elmo can disarm it in a way that a lot, of, like a close friend, probably can't. Yeah. You know, you can imprint a lot of that on Elmo because he's always sort of been this person. Uh, I hope people like sort of keep that memory alive and are like yeah, what if I am just more earnest more often? Maybe I am more honest about, hey, I'm not doing that well today. Uh, and yeah. also I hope somebody checks in on Elmo because I feel like he just like <laughs> absorbed two days full of trauma. It was just like <laughs> chain smoking cigarettes out like, on back street in Sesame Street somewhere. And I just hope he's doing okay. Not to say that chain smoking cigarettes is bad if that's how you need to cope in the moment. You know, you do you, Elmo. If you're just joining us, my name is Alameen Abdul-Mahmoud, and this show is called Commotion. Listen, the Grammys are back. Before we go, let's talk about them because they're they're coming up. So who who do you think will be the big winner this year? Sarah Tai, 30 seconds to you. The big winner, I don't know, but I hope Victoria Monet performs and everyone in the world could be treated to what an amazing performer she is. And yeah. then also I crowdfund to raise enough money to hire her to push me down the stairs. <laughs> That's you know what that's the newest version of Step on Me that I and I and I uh, yeah. I I take it and Still I hold it flight. I hold it and I celebrate it. Nico, your turn. Thirty seconds. I'm hoping to see three people walk away with something: Janelle Monae, yeah. PJ Harvey, Jason Isbell. Good luck to you three. Everyone else has won everything all the time, and they don't need it anymore. I I did notice the striking absence of Taylor Swift from the statements that you just made just now. It was very interesting to me. You know? Yeah, it was a. Well, I mentioned her just in the other people don't need to know everything. <laughs> she's in, she's she lives firmly in that category. She'll be fine. I would love to see some fresh names walk away with some trophies. She she does live in the firmly. You'll probably be fine if you don't win this one category. Yeah, yeah. Sit this one out, uh, Justin. Last word to you. I'm gonna go with the easy pick and say SZA. She's coming yes. in as the top nominee. She's got nine nominations. SZA's only won one Grammy before. She's been nominated a lot. So I, I think it's her time to win album of the year. She's got a lot of nominations further down the ballot in the R&B categories. She's yeah. performing. I think big SZA night to cap off SOS. This is it. This is, I, I would like the SZA moment to begin because that album was a triumph. That album was an accomplishment. And the idea that it doesn't win all the awards that it's up for is actually personally upsetting to me. We got to leave it there. But in the meantime, Nico Stratus, Sarah Ty Black, Justin Curto, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your time. You guys are great. 
Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Nico Stratus is a culture critic who writes the Anxiety Shark newsletter from Toronto. Sarah Ty Black is a freelance culture critic in Toronto. Justin Curto is a Chicago-based journalist covering music, TV, and celebrity for Vulture. And that is it for the podcast today. Listen, before we go, I got to tell you about the incredible people who helped get the show on the air. Commotion is produced this week by Stuart Berman, Ty Callender, Amelia Ekbal, Jane Vancouverden, Jess Lowe. Our intern is Shanna Williamson. Our digital producers are Eva Drew and Shuli Grossman-Gray. Our director is Daniel Grogan. Emily Caravasio and Sam Hashmi are Commotion's engineers this week. The senior producer is John Perry. And McKeegan is our executive producer. My name is Alameen Abdul-Mahmoud. I'm going to be here next week. I hope to see you then. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.